Greetings, great people. What's going on, y'all? It's your boy, P-Dub, Parish P-Dub, as I'm known in the vast world of social media. <laughs> Listen, I know it's been a minute since I've posted uh, or recorded an episode, rather. So I wanted to um, go ahead and do something today, uh, kind of get me up to speed, keep my quota intact. So I'm pretty sure you can hear who's playing in the background. Yes, it's my boo, uh, the voice, a.k.a. Whitney Elizabeth Houston uh, Brown. Uh, yeah, so I, yeah, so today I decided I was really gonna, but to be honest, I wanted to kind of wait a minute before I did an episode on her because you, anyone who knows me knows that she is one of my top five favorite vocalists of all time for so many reasons. And so I wanted to make sure that when I recorded, uh, did an episode, um, uh, and homage to her that I wanted to, uh, make sure it was, you know, I gave a little bit of thought before I put it, put something down. Uh, so, uh, here it is. Here we are. So listen, uh, the first time I heard Whitney, uh, it was the summer of 85. I was, uh, heading to my sophomore year of high school. Yes, I'm dating myself once again. Yes. Uh, and I remember the song, You Give Good Love, came on the radio. And so the first thing I thought when I heard the song was, who is this church girl killing this R&B song? Because, you know, as you all have uh, shared in my uh, podcast prior to this I was a church kid you know I grew up directing choirs and I knew uh, gospel music like the back of my hand well what I thought like back of my hand so I had a, a real affinity for the church music sound or a churchy sound a gospel sound vocally anyway so uh, I heard her singing and I was like oh this girl is a church girl she gotta be and she's killing it so um it was just bugging me because I could never get her. I could never catch her name. That's back in the day. You had to really listen either before the song started for them to announce the name or you wait until the song finished for them to announce who it was recording the song, what the song was called. And so for the first week, I kept missing it for whatever reason. Couldn't catch it. I said, dog. So uh, I was home one day and my mom was home. I said, Ma, I said, this girl is killing this song. I wouldn't use it phrase killing back then. I was like, this girl is singing a song. Who is this? She said, oh, you know, that's that bounce lady. That's her daughter. So, let's put a pin there. What she meant by that, uh, uh, for those of you who understand what I'm saying, the Fabric Southner Bounce uh, had a commercial jingle and uh, Sissy Houston, Whitney's mom, was the lady singing the jingle. And mom, my mother knew that for some reason. She told me that that was the bounce lady's daughter. And so, I said, oh, Oh, okay. Because I love the bounce of Sissy. I'm going to try to find that clip because Sissy was killing it. She's well in it. Anyway, uh, so I knew, okay, this girl, yeah, she can sing. So later on down the line, as, um, you know, she started amassing, you know, hits and, you know, getting all these strings and number ones. And she's just, you know, saving all my love for you was uh, the, the song that put her on top, of course. But I loved her from the first time I heard her on uh um, you give good love, man. I just love that song. Loved it, loved it. I studied that song literally uh, from front to end. Studied it. Um, and keep in mind, I was a tenor. Uh, I wanted really to be a baritone. That's another story. <laughs> I was a tenor, and so I, um, you know, as I shared with you all earlier, I just really started developing uh, a singing voice of some sort. So I just would try anything, and so uh, I ha- actually have Whitney to thank for helping me develop my uh, falsetta and my head tone 
uh, trying to mimic her because I can use my head tone. My head tone was really, really strong, man. So I had, um, I could hit those hop, those top, top stuff. I had nice, nice top range. You know, could never really, never really um, was adamant about using it publicly. So I was kind of like, okay, a guy singing that high ain't, ain't too good of a look. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, she was the singer that I uh, patterned myself after in regards to that uh, head tone and trying to get that control. Of course, I could never master it the way she did. I mean, she just had, had that thing on lock, y'all. And so uh, the thing about her that I have to say that I just absolutely love was the fact that she just um, had such a gift. And the thing about it was, and I, I make this uh, case all the time, you know, people ask, you know, between she and Aretha, who is, who's, you know, who's uh, the greatest in all time. I can't really say the greatest. I can just speak for me and my generation. Um, you know, uh, I didn't really grow up on Aretha like that, you know, so I didn't really get in tune to Aretha until I was well into my 20s, ironically. I did. Only songs that uh, were popular back when I was growing up with Aretha by the time I caught on to her was um, Freeway of Love, Jump to It, uh, what else? Uh, Who's Zooming Who, that, that era of Aretha. And that, so she had stuff that was out. I wasn't really in a sparkle at that point. I knew nothing about her doing a sparkle soundtrack. Of course, I knew about um, Respect. Um, didn't really know much about her, her um, you know, about Aretha. But then I, st- I, start, I started researching Whitney and found that Aretha was like her... Um, her aunt, you know, she uh, was around Aretha a lot growing up. And so then I found out later she was really, Dion, she and Dionne Work were first cousins. And I was a Dionne Work fan, believe it or not. I was, I was a Dionne Work fan. So I said, okay, this whole family can just sing. And so this is before the internet, you know, again, as I explained in another podcast, we had an encyclopedia. So Dionne Work, yes, Dionne Work was in the World Book Encyclopedia. So I, re- I looked up information on her and found out she was in, uh, she's born and raised in Newark and all this good stuff. And she, her family was, uh, she and her sisters were singers and uh, Sissy, Whitney's mom was her, her, her mom's uh, sister. And they were raised together like sisters instead of cousins. And so, um, you know, it was like, oh, okay. They were called, they were the drinkers. And so that whole family could just sing, sing, sing. So Whitney got it, honestly. Uh, found out later down the line that Leontine Price was a cousin as well. So definitely ran in their bloodline. But I'm go- uh, to get back to Whitney, uh, I think the biggest thing for me was that she, and I, I uh, never saw her in person, guys. I never got a chance to see her live. Uh, you know, I regret it to this day. Uh, but at any rate, Whenever I saw her perform live on TV, like when she did, remember for a minute she was doing HBO specials. Remember she did the one uh, Nelson Mandela, then she did another one not too long after that. When after Waiting to Exhale came out, so it was just like uh, she did one for the Troopers. That no, the, the, yeah, the troops. Uh, they were in Desert Storm. You know, she was just did. She was a huge, huge philanthropist, and I love that about her. You know, uh, but at any rate. The thing that I loved was the fact that when she got on stage, dude, you could tell she was in her zone. And it was just amazing because you could hear the stuff you heard on the radio with her in the studio was bad. Like saving off my love for you is what's playing in the background right now. We all know the song. Again, this is the song that made her first number one hit. And, you know, you love what you heard on the radio, but then you saw her do it live. She took another step. And so what that told me about her was one, she was a perfectionist. You know, two, she really uh, studied her craft. Uh, 
three, she knew her voice and she knew what she could take herself. And it seemed like at that point, especially that era, Whitney, it seemed like she was fearless and she was limitless. You know, there's nothing that she wouldn't uh, tackle as far as uh, repertoire. You know, she could do anything from jazz to gospel to R&B to show tunes to just whatever she wanted to put her hands to. She just did it. And so, you know, uh, what was kind of dope was that, you know, people were taking stand, you know, they taking notice of it, but they didn't realize that she had been trained for it for so long. They just thought she just came out of nowhere, you know. So uh, many of you know that uh, she first started singing in church. And so she was offered her first record contract when she was in high school. And her mother said no. Because you need to get a high school diploma at least. You need to finish high school and then we're going to talk about you getting out of here. So they shopped her to a few record labels and she landed Arista. And Clive Davis just saw her as the perfect voice to market his, you know, to uh, push his label to where it needed to be. And he was correct. She was the first that, you know, because um, after Whitney came along, you know, there's Phyllis Hyman that jumped on board. Um, then he ended up with... Uh, uh, the deal, then eventually LA and Babyface, you know, uh, before they broke off and started LaFace. And then they were imprinting the Arista. So, you know, uh, anyone that came under LaFace was pretty much Arista as well. So, again, but uh, Whitney was the, um, you know, not saying they didn't have artists before and they were j- just as good. It's just that Whitney was the marketing monster for Arista, you know, uh, and people loved her voice, they loved what she presented. The image that they had, that was image was a huge deal back then. So you didn't see people just wilding out like you do now. She was just really, you know, uh, that that artist, you know, the artist that everyone aspired to be from, uh, you know, uh, image perspective, from a sales perspective, of course. But it's just overall seemed like she just had the, the it factor. And so, of course, we know I'm not going to really get into all that, you know, her her. Uh, her issues and her spiral and all that crap. I'm not getting into that. We all know that. That story's been told a million times. I don't need to tell anymore. But I, what I want to do is really uh, bring to light the fact that she made such a huge contribution to modern music. And the thing I always look at is the fact that there's so many artists, male and female, who look uh, cite her as a point of inspiration and just says so much about her um, and her love for the craft. You know, again, I I can definitely give her credit uh, as being one of the main influences on me as a vocalist uh, approaching, you know, certain approaches that I take musically, uh, certain certain uh, musical tastes that I have are a result of her. And so it just says a lot. And I have my, you know, you all know I have my artists who are in my hip pocket and who uh, can do no wrong in my book. And she is definitely one, you know, uh, if you can do yourself a favor, uh, listen to Dancing on a Smooth Edge. It's like one of her first songs out there. And um, uh, if you say My Eyes Are Beautiful, that was on Jermaine Jackson's, uh, um, on his first CDs. And she sings the heck out of that song. Gosh. And again, you don't really know, realize it's her. Well, you knew it's her, but you didn't realize she had music out that early. Dancing on a Smooth Edge was probably like her first song out there with a group. Uh, but Again, this is young Whitney. She was just singing and belting and singing and singing. You know, Star Spangled Banner. Uh, by the time that came along, I read a, a review on that uh, that clip. And it was saying, at that age, she was like a fine-tuned athlete. You know, when she got up to uh, do it. And and honestly, it she that's what she came across as. Like, okay, 
this is what I present. You know, I, I've done it. I've done my due diligence. I've done my homework. This is what I'm coming with. And uh, little known fact, some people may know this, but that, the vocals were actually pre-recorded. So when she got up there to do um, Super Bowl, she already recorded it. So, of course, she had to go on and show the naysayers because they were like, okay, she, I guess she really can't sing and she had to pre-record it. So, baby girl had to go on and show them, no, baby, I got still got the shop. So, she did a live. She did a live. I forget, was it the Grammys or something like that? Uh, some ceremony. But anyway, she got up and did, in the key that she did it at Super Bowl and killed it, welded. it. So, again, she was definitely that artist. Uh, just believe in giving her all whenever she could. You know, even when she didn't always have it, she still pushed. And so I say, um, again, I say that to say her being that chick, man, just really inspired so many people. Man. You know, to lose her was definitely a, a major loss uh, for so many people, for so many reasons. Uh, I think that if anything, uh her loss was definitely a testament to the people who really, really loved her music and loved her. And I think the thing is, it pushed some people to really um, go harder in what, you know, in their gift and their talents and that kind of stuff. You know, um, you know, it's, it's really interesting because you don't know what people deal with on a day, not just Whitney, but just uh, people in general. But, you know, she put all that aside to say, hey, I'm going to get out of here and do my thing. And it's the thing that I remember um, the last interview she did with Oprah, uh, Oprah asked her, you know, how it was. It's not too long after Michael had passed. And she said, well, you know, uh, it started not being fun anymore. And that's when, you know, she said, you know, the drug usage really, really got escalated uh, not too long after that because there were so many people that were pulling at her. Uh, and so many people depending on her for payroll and all the salary and all this other, you know, crap. And so, she, you know, she succumbs, succumbs, excuse me, to the pressure. Oh, I'm sleepy, y'all. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, she gave in to the pressure, unfortunately, and I hate that. But again, uh, she just really, 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 really left a great legacy musically. Uh, most awarded female of all time. Uh, female artist of all time, most awarded, y'all. Not just Grammys and all all that stuff, but she had so many uh, awards for so many different uh, facets. And that's a, you know, again, that says a lot about her as a person, you know. Uh, but like I said, I just really had to stop by real quick. Again, I don't want to keep it too long. Uh, I'm going to come back and do some more on Whitney in another segment. I don't know when, but I'm going to come back because y'all know I could talk about her all day, literally. And I don't want to do that because, you know, I told you all this podcast episode stuff is going to stay uh, brief because I don't want I don't want you to be glad twice. Glad that you listen to the podcast podcast and then glad when I finally shut up. <laughs> I don't want to do that. So <laughs> I got to keep it brief. Uh, I try to anyway, as brief as possible. But at any rate, guys, uh, I just had to get on here real quick and uh, pay tribute to my girl. I just felt led to do it today uh, for whatever reason. But yeah, uh, so I think it's a, um, you know, a great testament again to who she is and who she was. And yes, I still rock a lot of Whitney to this day, a lot of, uh, and, um, you know, kind of corny, but when I listen to her music, I have to listen to her music chronologically. I do. So I listen to the Whitney Houston album, then Whitney, then I'm your baby tonight, then, um, um, 
um, what is it? Uh, the bodyguard, then uh, uh, Wedding Text Hell, then The Preacher's Wife, then My Love Is Your Love. I listened to all of those literally in that order. So, uh, yeah, I'm a Whitney fiend. I am. I ain't gonna front. I like uh, so many her B side stuff. I can go. That's another post altogether. So many stuff that they didn't release that I wish they had that she really. You know, that woman could sing anything. When she was in her prime, man, that woman could sing anything. Uh, but one last thing. So my favorite live performance of Whitney to date is when she did the Porgy. And I'm telling you, I'm not going. And uh, uh, on, uh, I think it was the American Music Awards in 93 or 94. And that woman smashed that medley. Good God Almighty. She smashed it. She smashed it. Um. It's so crazy because she did when I'm t- when she did and I'm telling you I'm not going. I was like, oh, she's doing a Jennifer song, and she wasn't putting all them, you know, she wasn't putting all the the extra that Jennifer puts, but it was just as good, baby. You know, again, she was that type of performer when she was in her prime. She was she she was fearless, man, and she wasn't afraid. You know, she actually changed the key to uh, uh, I have nothing. That was the last song in the medley. She changed the key. She lowered it. But it was such a smart move because it the way it uh, melted perfectly into the end of I'm telling you and I'm telling you I'm not going. It's just seamless, man. But she was had she had that kind of musical mind. And I loved it. I loved her for it. So um yeah. Again, I tell you, I'm gonna um told you I could talk about her all day. I literally could, but I'm not gonna do that. No, 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 because I'm almost at my limit. <laughs> all right, guys, I am signing off of here. Uh Let's make it a great one, all right? It's still morning here, so uh, still, yeah, still morning time. I still have another six minutes before it's officially 12 noon, so that's cool. But uh, uh, at any rate, guys, I hope I've said something that may have inspired you in this, you know, this episode. Who knows? You know, I I get on here and I told you all the reason I started this is I wanted to share my love of uh, music and artists and all that good stuff with you so you can understand me a little bit better and you can understand why I do what I do in, in the way of my uh, music challenges and all that good stuff you kind of understand my musical mind you know musical folks feel a little strange at times but it's alright you know we just love what we love and we aren't afraid to um, put out there what we what we love and what we enjoy so that's why I do what I do alright guys well um, that's about it for me until next time <laughs> bye